Welcome to the SUP Podcast with your hosts, Louis and Moitze. Every week, we ask each other what's up with our businesses. What are we struggling with? What's going well? And what interesting things from the world of bootstrapping do we have on our minds today? Follow along, and if you like what you hear, support us by leaving a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. On with the show. Yeah, so how's your Friday going? Your call went a little bit long. Did you get your coffee? I did. I have my coffee right here. The call was surprisingly good. Oh, yeah, that's nice to hear. And it's sunny. It's mm-hmm. nice and warm. There are some horses playing around outside. And in mm-hmm. 54 minutes, maybe sooner, I am going to run down to the beach, take my bands with me and... Uh, do your workout. Yeah, do some chest and triceps. So how's the band workout going for you? Do, do you like it so far? Because I know that we, we had a discussion last week about it, I think. Yeah, I do not like it. <laughs> I do not. So that's okay. not true. I, I like it for shoulders. Okay. It's been very good for shoulders. Oh, that is, that's super interesting. I hate it for shoulders. Really? Yeah. I so, like it for yeah. like biceps, triceps, legs as well. I think back, perfect. Shoulders, hate it. <laughs> interesting. So I haven't tried with back properly yet. Okay. I, my problem with, with back is that I, I just can't find anywhere to, to do pull-ups. There's literally, uh, I've been wandering around like the village, the neighborhood, trying to find village. like, so, <laughs> yeah, literally just somewhere that I can just jump up and hold on to something. But everything is just way too, it's, it's all made of wood and it's, or it's got like vines on it, or it's just, it, I just can't hold on to it properly. So that, that sucks for back, but I can totally see it being useful for like some, like the smaller back movements mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't like, it doesn't cut it for like deadlifts or anything like that so anything. yeah yeah it's the, the problem with it right is that you well I at least I'm strongest when my arms are in front of me okay yeah as you pull them then the the tension on the bands becomes harder and harder yep I, but I'm weakest when like at that point so it's, it's almost the opposite of, of what I would want um, <laughs> for me at least but do but, you still yeah. feel good working out a little bit again oh yeah even, no, I feel yeah. amazing yeah yeah, I, yeah. I'm I feel totally different this week to, to last week. It's, it's an amazing. Hear. I have so much more energy. I'm just like smiling and walking mm-hmm. around the house. And yeah, no, it's amazing. And yeah, especially like it, yeah, it just feels so good to be like sore. Like I was really sore mm-hmm. this whole week. So <laughs> but that's that so good soreness, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely. I love that feeling. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is the absolute best. So yeah. yeah, I'm in a good mood there. How about you? Speaking of workout, I am exhausted. I had a leg workout today and I'm just wrecked, honestly. I don't know. I, I actually took my weights outside and I had my workout outside and I just didn't want to go in. So I typically do, I don't know, eight exercises. I think I did 12 today, but I'm just, I'm wrecked right now. But it, it's not yet that a good kind of wrecked. I just would like to have a little bit more energy today, but I'll probably feel very good about it tomorrow because my legs will be sore and they haven't been sore in a very long time. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is, it's so interesting that different kind of, especially with, it only really happens to to me 
with legs, but it's a difference between there's the, there's the nice kind of sore, like the day after or the two days after where you feel good. And there's that kind of sore immediately after lifting something really heavy where you're like, did I just (laughs) heard something? Like, should I look down? Is everything okay? Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. And my day wasn't off to a good start. I'm like a little bit of a rant. My iPad has a crack on the screen and it's a random crack that I don't know how I got because it like, it never felt fell on the floor or anything like that. It's always been in like a cover or like a case. So I'm just trying to, cause we don't have we don't have an official Apple store here. We only have those like resellers. So I'm mm. trying to get them to understand that this really wasn't my fault. <laughs> and this was probably a manufacturing issue. So not off to a good start my day, but um, hopefully it'll get better. <laughs> uh, that sucks. Do you have a, like an extended warranty on it? No claims or like insurance or something? I don't think so. I bought it online and I don't think I took insurance, but I was looking that up recently and if if it is a manufacturing issue they'll replace the either the screen or the whole ipad but like how do they know it's a manufacturing issue i told them that i can i can bring the ipad to them and they can Mm. look at it because it has absolutely zero scratches so it didn't fell on the floor fall on the floor but yeah i don't know we'll see frustrating but Yeah, that's so weird. I'm we have to touch wood now, but I've never yeah. <laughs> once broken a phone screen in my life. Oh wow. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I'm like I'm sure you're a unicorn or something. What's happening business-wise? How many new products have you launched this week? How many competitors have you ruthlessly put out of business? What's what's new? <laughs> Zero competitors out of business but then we did introduce a couple of new products this week and it's been actually a very good month uh, for the online store we made a little less than 20k in revenue in march this month wow yes. yeah i know wow. i know that's <laughs> i was thinking that's impressive wow i think so yeah. is it <laughs> This, I was just this, talking to yeah. I was just talking to Amy Hoy today, just messaging back and forth, and she was like, "Congratulations on your new business." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal." And she was like, "What do you mean? It's, it's like, r- great results." And I was like, "I don't know, like the benchmarks of e-commerce, honestly. So I don't know if we're doing good or bad." <laughs> I don't know if is 20k a good month is it ba- a bad month I don't know but yeah yeah I guess it depends more on the profit margin you can make 20k by by selling 60k's worth of goods for for 20k that's a different story but you, you have pretty healthy profit margins right yeah I think it's Yura knows this better he's I don't know better with numbers I'm just marketing person uh, but I think it's 40 percent so I think that's good I don't know <laughs> But yeah, I think like the March has been pretty good. And this week we passed the online with, with the online story passed 50k in revenue total since December. So yeah, since December we made 50k in revenue and I already hit my goal for for the year with the online store. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean the original plan was for this to pay for your rent. That was the plan to cover the uh, oh, to cover your actually, So you, you was- have to move into a 
a lot yeah, of them like, now, right? Exactly. Now that now I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think like with the with the online store, it's been pretty good. Client side of work as well. But I do have something that like a, a theme or a topic that I want to open. I don't know if we should do it right now or maybe after you tell me what's been going on with you. Uh, but I do have something that just I want to ask your opinion on regarding super spicy media and yeah, just managing a team actually. So yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to help, but I would love to talk about it. Let's do that now. Cause I honestly don't have too many updates and maybe as we go through, I'll remember something to, to share. It's been a pretty a whirlwind week. I've just been heads down doing work. So there's not been too much news. Okay. Then let's, okay. Let's talk about the, yeah, like I said, team management sort of stuff. I think you'll be able to help a little bit, but for example, client work is doing better than ever. Actually, everything is going on schedule. We're achieving fantastic results with clients. We're getting a a lot more done than the amount of work that was done a couple of months ago. So like we're doing just a lot more than we did a couple of months ago, achieving much better results. But you know what? I'm personally doing less for clients or not less, but I'm just doing high level strategy where my team actually takes care of the hands-on things and also helping me with the strategy. I had a, I had a good client meeting on Tuesday and I essentially came on the meeting and we were, we went through the results and the results were fantastic. Client was ecstatic. We were just all very happy about it. But then I left the meeting with this weird feeling Because I haven't done a lot of hands-on work. Do you know what I mean? It was like, we're getting very good results, but I feel weird because I haven't done a lot of hands-on work and I feel, should I have done more? Like, am I charging too much because I'm not doing hands-on work? I don't know how to even describe that feeling, but I'm just at a point where I'm, now that I have two people helping me with the client side of things. I'm just trying to find a way to feel good about not doing the hands-on work anymore. Cause I've always been a hands-on person, but yeah, like my work and what I do now transition into high level strategy, which is super important and much needed for long-term client success. Like I just wonder, does this feeling ever go away or do you get used to this feeling of I don't know not doing hands-on work and still feeling good about your work I'm not even sure how to describe this Uh, yeah I know what you mean wow that's so interesting do you feel where exactly does the the bad or the guilty feeling come from do you feel guilty to the customer like they're paying too much in general or or is it more just no, it's, you're not it, doing the work. It's me. It's that I'm not doing the work. And my client, they all know that I have a team and they all know that my team is doing the hands-on implementation. But it's just since my work transitioned from hands-on work to more of a just thinking, it feels like I'm not doing enough. And it feels like I'm not getting enough done because I'm thinking and not doing the implementation part of things. So it's just this... Weird feeling that I don't know, I have to get accustomed to or used to. I don't know. Yeah, that 
I don't know about that. I think I I don't struggle with that so much, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like I'm sure you feel the same that you're like really fairly compensating the people who are doing the work. Yes, like absolutely. The, the contractors, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And they're good at what they do. But yeah. at the same time, there's a reason that they're working for you. And that's either because they don't want to deal with the hassle of doing the stuff that you do or because mm-hmm. they couldn't do the stuff that you do. So mm-hmm. getting the clients, keeping the clients happy, doing the very high level strategic stuff, that's either something they can't do or they don't want to do. And that provides like a lot of the value. And I think it's, yeah. there is such an interesting thing where you have to, it's something I notice all the time as well, especially in just in marketing in general for business. That difficulty everyone has with separating output from effect or from results. Yeah. And I I think it sounds to me like that could be a bit of (laughs) of what you're struggling with. I haven't done anything, so I haven't changed anything in the world, but that's not necessarily the, the case. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. Just feeling weird like my my clients are super happy my contractors are super happy like they're working on accounts that they themselves couldn't land without me being there essentially my clients are happy because they're getting great results it's just me that I like I'm in the middle there thinking I'm doing all this brain work not doing all the like any hands-on implementation Am I doing enough even because I'm used to the hands-on work and giving some sort of an output out there and charging my client for that. And now it's just someone else is doing the work for me and I'm doing the brain work and it's just not the hands-on thing that I'm used to. So yeah, just, uh, I don't know, a weird balance. Yeah, I I suppose that could be potentially like a legitimate cause for concern if you think maybe at some point that with you not actually doing the the quote-unquote work that you might lose your skills there or you you might lose the connection to to exactly what's going on for the client to be able to Mm -hmm. to do the super high focus work if the very strategic stuff, if your ear isn't to the ground, you're not actually like in the trenches doing the work. Mm-hmm. Potentially, mm-hmm. I doubt it, to be honest. I think you'd notice, but I, I can understand that kind of concern for sure. But I I struggle to, to hand off and delegate things because I'm a control freak, but I definitely don't feel bad about handing them off to someone else to do. Yeah. 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 I would love to give you a little bit of my problems and we just switch around because I've been a control freak as well, but recently I just lost, like I'm not a control freak anymore when it comes to my clients. So I essentially just say to my contract, this is the problem that we're dealing with. Here's what I was thinking we could do. What are your suggestions? They give me their suggestions and I'm like, run with it, do whatever you want. (laughs) So I lost that feeling, but it's what you just said about losing the skills of, I don't know, doing hands-on implementation or whatnot. I I don't think that will happen because I was also going into working with contractors. I was afraid of that. And I'm still afraid of that 
That's why I still, from time to time, I still do hands-on implementation. I was, I just had a talk with my contractors the other day and they were like, why did you implement that? Like you could give it to us and we could do it. And I was like, I know I wanted to still do a little bit of hands-on work, not just the thinking and high level strategy part. I want to still do hands-on work just so I stay in the groove of things. So I have protected um, myself from that essentially. That sounds all good then. Sounds great. It sounds like the healthy thing to be doing, right? If you can reduce, remove yourself from the business as much as possible, that's a healthy business that you could potentially even sell or give to someone else to run one day, right? There's no, it's not necessarily a, a good thing if you're doing a lot of work on it. There's no like, there's no one else outside watching you and shaking yeah. still their, their finger at you. Yeah. But yeah, my, I, I think that the dilemma here is, or the question that I have, because I haven't talked to a lot of people about this, is when your elbows deep in your business and with hiring a team, you somehow start to remove yourself from the equation or kind of introduce other people to the business, does this weird feeling of not being elbows deep anymore, does it ever go away? Do people get accustomed to it and just, I don't know, adapt? Or is it me that I'm, you know, having issues with that? And I don't know, a different kind of person where I need to be elbows deep. That's the dilemma here, I think. But this is a very new situation for me. So I'm not yet sure if I'll just get accustomed to it and accustomed to the thinking that now I have a team, something that I all that I always wanted to essentially have. And I don't know, just getting into the groove of you know, this situation essentially and not being elbows deep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I I think there are so many, like the nice thing about running your own business is that you get to decide how you do it. I've seen, I've seen founders, especially the technical ones, less the marketing ones, but especially the technical ones just really miss the the coding and the the day-to-day business work Mm -hmm. and really hate the hiring and the the managing and the, all that kind of stuff, the client work being the face of the business. They just really want to get back and, and, and do some some coding. So I totally understand that. I've also seen people really enjoy it the opposite way where they basically extract themselves completely from the agency and they're just or from the business and they're just there to make sure everything's ticking over smoothly. And maybe they have even like a head of operations or something, someone who mm-hmm. is like full-time in the business. That's, I think that's quite common that they'll bring someone else in to run it. And I think that's probably the direction that I would be yeah. happy going in. But again, yeah. it depends. Like I know Super Spicy Media is for an agency, it's quite strongly personally branded is it what is, I've yeah. So I would be personally, again, probably more cautious to do that than if it were just a generic agency that didn't yep. have my face on the front page. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I so, 100% agree with that, yeah. So it's difficult. But the nice thing is it's your choice. Yeah, exactly. And I honestly, I, I love how dynamic everything is currently so there's never a boring moment (laughs) with super spicy media and I love learning about this will sound weird but just like new feelings and new how I how to run things essentially and what feels good and what doesn't feel good so I love like the dynamic aspect of this situation that I'm currently in and I'll definitely report back what I learn from this like I feel 
on one hand, good about my, my team doing all the work and just achieving great results. But then I'm I'm trying to get accustomed to this feeling of me doing the high level strategy, but yeah, like hopefully in a couple of weeks time, I'll have more to report just about how I feel in a couple of weeks time. So I guess we'll see. Totally. Yeah. And I would just encourage you to think about it in terms of like effect, impact, not output, right? Yes. You personally may have done less you know, of the actual work in the trenches than you would have done before. Yeah. But if you're doing very high level strategy stuff for, I don't know, 20 clients instead of like right now, when before you could only handle four or five, Mm -hmm. that impact is, has a knock-on effect that it's helping all of those 20 clients instead of those five, then you've definitely done more. You've created more value in the world than you would have done if you were very hands-on and just doing those four or five intensely. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a super good point that I haven't thought about actually. So yeah. Thank you. And yeah, Yeah. that's, that, that, that's all about my dilemma. Now let's talk about your dilemmas. (laughs) My dilemmas. I, I don't know that I have any dilemmas this week. I'll be honest. We, yeah. Spark loop is going okay. We aren't seeing quite as much growth right now as I would like. We're still, I think, suffering a bit from people coming in on the freemium plan Mm -hmm. and taking a while to work out if they should actually be on a much larger plan. The the really nice thing is that we've we're just moving so fast on the product side now. We two really big features are hopefully going to be shipped this week, which is one is like our anti-fraud protection is just going to be uh, a a thousand times better and there's going to be all kinds of fancy bells and whistles that people can uh, customize themselves on the anti-fraud side which is really useful for our larger customers so i'm really excited about that yeah it's i don't know we're we're writing i'm writing case studies i'm writing blog posts i think i'm still waiting for confirmation i was supposed to get an email today that i haven't received yet but in the us it's still working time. So Mm -hmm. that's fine for a new content marketing person that we're going to be working with, who I'm very excited to work with, but I won't share who it is yet because they haven't officially agreed. We have pretty much everything wrapped, but it could still, I suppose they could still decide not to. So, okay. Yeah. That's exciting as well. So I'm, I'm wondering now that the freemium has been around for some time. What are your feelings about making that step at the moment? Cause I like, I'm not sure if I'm reading the tone correctly, but I feel like you're not regretting the decision, but just not 100% sure if the freemium option is what's hurting a little bit of the spark loop at the, at the moment. Yeah, you know what? I think we just need we need another month or two to decide okay. because mm-hmm. I don't want to get too in the weeds and technical. But basically what was happening before was that, I mean, Sparkloop is a super aspirational product for smaller customers. Yeah, You have these newsletters with a thousand or two thousand subscribers. 
They're not really probably going to get amazing results, but they pay the, the $30, which they find really expensive anyway. And they come in and then because they can't really grow their newsletter any other way. So referrals also don't really work for them because they're probably not the best marketers if they're still mm-hmm. stuck at a thousand or 2000 subscribers. And that's like their main thing. So they come in, they, they try the $30. It obviously doesn't work for them. And then they churn again. So we had basically all these smaller customers coming in. We'd say this probably isn't going to be a great fit for you. They would pay $30. They take up a load of our time to help them get set up mm. because they weren't very sophisticated and on like our advanced pro tool, basically. And then they'd ask for their money back or they'd churn within the first month or two. Mm-hmm. which made like our churn stats look horrible. Not that I care about that, but that it just, it was just a mess basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what the light plan I think is doing, and I, I don't have a hundred percent certainty on this yet, but I, I feel pretty confident in saying the light plan has at first is dramatically reduced the amount of support we have to do for smaller customers who are just going to churn anyway. Secondly, it has increased the conversion rates on those smaller customers. So they're coming in, they're getting set up, mm-hmm. they're finding it way easier to use and they're not asking for, for our support. The churn obviously goes down as well, but the revenue coming in goes down as well because obviously we don't get any revenue from those smaller customers anymore. Mm-hmm. So the, what we had was like new monthly recurring revenue was really boosted by that each month, but also churn each month was really boosted by that. Right. <laughs> and what right. happened was... In February, all of these people were still getting started and paying, right? Yeah. And then in March, all of a sudden, none of these people Uh, were coming in to start paying, but the mm -hmm. ones from February were still churning. Mm -hmm. So that I think has skewed things a bit in March, Mm -hmm. but hopefully in April, two months in, we should have a pretty solid picture of how that's working out. Okay. Yeah. The only one thing I'm slightly worried about still is just that people are trying to I, th- I think we have maybe the, the light plan has slightly too much prominence so we're not making it clear enough yet that you probably don't want to just use that to try it out if you mm-hmm. have a larger list uh, we need to do something there I think but again mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a bit more time before making any decisions so if we talk like the worst case that let's are you let's say that you take all all, all of all of the numbers crunch them and see, okay, this freemium stuff really isn't going in the direction that we want. What would the plan be then? Are, would you be willing to backtrack and say, okay, we're not having the freemium plan anymore, or is that not an option? Oh, that's totally an option. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we'd be open to that. It's definitely something we've discussed, like the idea of just being able to shut it down completely. Mm-hmm. We could also reduce it to even smaller size. Mm-hmm. We could go the opposite direction and just say it's a freemium plan. So it's still limited by subscribers, but you have access to everything. We could go the completely other direction and say it's free, but you don't have access to the features. Like it's free even for 50,000 subscribers, but right. you don't have access to the features that pro customers yeah. want to pay for. Yeah. Uh, there's loads of options there. So I, I think it's too early to even worry about that. What I just want to like, the one thing I want to sort out right now is that uh, or soonish is that if you're coming in and you like you you want to just have a poke around that you get on a call with us yeah and you're yeah. A, if you're a large customer rather than going yeah. into the light plan because there's yeah. a seven day free trial on the pro one anyway so mm-hmm. it's it's not like anyone should be jumping yeah. into the light plan really yeah exactly 
that's yeah, that's pretty much on the Sparklip side of things what's happening. We're thinking of so what one fun thing that I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do this yet, but the plan is either in May or June to run a like a challenge, hopefully. Okay. Where I don't know if you've seen ConvertKit. They they do these challenges and they seem to be working out pretty well for them, which is basically where you say everybody come and join in, and you can sign up. Let's say for free this month, yeah, but only for a specific like limited feature set normally. Yeah, and whoever gets like there'll be some categories, prize categories, and whoever gets the best results will yeah will get get those prizes in the month. Yeah, and hopefully a lot of them continue to become customers or paying customers as well. Oh, can you share a little bit more about what the like challenge will look like? Or is it not yet time? Is it too early? <laughs> I think it's too early. <laughs> uh, you know, I, yeah. I know it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm not going to be tweeting about this or anything yet, yeah. but I think on the podcast, I, I don't think uh, anyone who would be, who I wouldn't want to hear about it will hear about it. So I think that's okay. So the plan at the moment is to do this around our giveaways feature our referral mm-hmm. giveaways feature because referral programs, normally you set them up and the expectation is that you continue with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas referral giveaways, they're time limited anyway, people during this time period. So our referral giveaways tool is just getting a rehaul or like a complete revamp this week anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was already better than everyone else's. Now it's like just clearly better than anything else out there by by like a ridiculous amount. Yeah. So what we want to do, I think, is to, to get people in and say, look, in May or in June or potentially even in July, if we, if we don't have the time to pull this all together yet, come in, try out a giveaway for free. You can run it for as long as you want during this month. And as you get more subscribers, you will unlock different prizes and there'll be different categories. Whoever makes the most referrals gets something. Whoever has the highest like growth increase relative to their subscriber base. So the small ones can win something as well. Yeah. We'll get something. Uh, whoever has the coolest prize <laughs> nice. for their giveaway can get something like that, nice. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea, like the, the challenge, competition, whatever you want to call it. I remember the early days of Gumroad when they started, they had this I think it was also a challenge of launch something and then we'll have some sort of a competition. And I'm not sure how it was ranked even. I just remember that I think Yura did it. So my husband, he entered that competition or challenge and he actually like he won. I think it was just a t-shirt, but it was so fun. People just connecting to one another and you had this goal that you wanted to reach. And he was actually, he wrote an ebook and put it on Gumroad and sold a few copies. It was so much fun. So yeah, super, super excited about that. I love that idea. Nice. Yeah. It's, I'm excited to, to work on it. It's going to be fun to do something that's like a one-off and a bit more promo-y and in your face. And also yeah. like with my serious marketer hat on rather than the fun marketer hat uh, it's going to generate a whole load of really cool case studies and stuff yep. that i can use as yep. well so i'm, I'm happy yep. about that yeah yep. that's exciting yeah that's pretty much sparkly wise i'd say everything other than that progress on sales for founders i was finally pinned down by brendan <laughs> the guy i'm working with who's gonna gonna come in i was a bit unresponsive for a while uh, unfortunately 
just a bit too busy and he's very proactive luckily and really pushed me along which was great nice. so we've now set up some time and we're going to record four or five podcast sessions next week shorter ones and I think I'm really excited to bring the podcast back I haven't mm-hmm. published I've published one episode in the last nine months I think and I'm still getting a hundred residual listens a week something like that mm-hmm. a week or a month I think a week which for a podcast that I haven't really published yeah, very much yeah. is pretty good. And people yeah. still talk to me about it and they really like it. So I feel like that needs to continue. And yeah. hopefully it'll be an interesting dynamic having three people on the podcast. So two hosts and a guest very yeah. often. I think that's going to be quite cool. And yeah, we're going to see, I think, what happens there. Hopefully if that goes, we can find some time for for a new interesting version of the course that Brandon will will host in, in May as well is, is the plan. And if that goes well, then I'm free. No, no more sales <laughs> events. Yeah, because it does sound like you're in prison right now. <laughs> no, I, I really love sales events, but it's, do you ever know, if I you know, ever buy yeah. something ridiculous, do you ever buy like a, some something for the kitchen, some like really expensive like mixer or like a, a pan for like that only works for one specific use case right uh, yeah. or a knife or something that you know yeah it's like you never ever use it and you just see it and you're like oh I should really I should, be yeah, using yeah. that but <laughs> it's, it's yeah so hopefully something good can come of that and of course because I don't have enough other stuff on my plate I'm really itching to, to have another side project I think partly just because of your kind of e-commerce success is really it's really making make me itch and make me want to do something Ooh, okay and yeah so i am also going to be starting up a competitor to you and no no um i <laughs> you know I, what i do to my competitors so <laughs> <laughs> i do i've been there uh, why do you think i've started working out that's the, the plan <laughs> yeah no, so I, I don't know if you notice in my Twitter bio, I have, I think I say Sparkloop Sales of Founders, and I'm writing a book on social proof. Mm. And I have been writing that book on social proof, and I've written that book on social proof, drafted it out several times since I think I started in 2018. So it's been three years, and I keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people writing books, seen a lot of people writing books that I think, eh, yeah, I think I could write a better book, to be perfectly honest, like not about the same subject, but like, right. I think if they're doing pretty well with that book, I should be doing, I could be doing okay with my own book. I feel like I'm at that point now. And I also see a lot of people just, no one is talking about social proof very well. And the people who are talking about it really suck. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have to do this and I'm not going to let myself start now, but okay. I might put together a small newsletter just with some examples and things just to warm people up to the idea. And then at the moment, I'm thinking if I let myself start in August, I should be able to have it finished by mm-hmm. the end of the year, I think. Mm-hmm. That's my plan. I love how this podcast will soon transition from talking about main businesses to talking about side projects that are doing super well. <laughs> that's what people like yeah I, I mean I don't yeah. think there's any money in publishing I think even if I like even if it were like almost uh you can get to like an Amazon bestseller in certain categories and still make twenty thousand dollars total so it's yeah yeah 
I mean, like Alex Hillman with his tiny MBA book, which I read and I really like. So I'm not talking about his book as one of the ones that I could do better. I think that's, that's like something I'd be aiming to, to, to emulate for sure. But I still don't think they made that much money off that book. I think it was. But I think. But I, I, it's, it's not there for the money. It's an introduction. Right, exactly. It's, it's exactly. a marketing channel almost for them. But yep. still, like you can still be ridiculously sell a lot of copies and still end up with not that much money. Yeah. I think side projects have just a different, I don't know how to put it, charm to it. You typically don't go in for the money. You go in for the challenge to prove something to yourself or to others. And like you said, as a marketing channel, for sure. So I don't think that even if it doesn't make a significant amount of money at the end, side projects are typically still worth it because you learn a lot along the way, build your authority in a certain niche. I don't know. I support that idea of of a side project. Yeah. Thanks. I I think I would love to write like a, not an ebook, like an actual physical book. I'd like it to be, to be published and self-published realistically, I think. And I would like to have a physical copy of it so that I can justify, I can buy myself a tweed jacket and a pie and (laughs) wander around with those. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a like 2021 goal. Yeah, exactly. When I turn 30, that is, it's perfect. (laughs) I have my, yep. Age yeah. up, level up, have a book, walk around calling myself an author. Yeah, you're becoming an adult now, so you better yeah. act like one. Exactly. All, all I need is like a fixed place of residence. and. Oh, yeah. 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 In that case, I'm still not an adult, but... So, oh. um, what have you got planned? Or what are you looking forward to? I should say that's what we say, isn't it? What, what are you looking forward to this week? I don't think I have anything in particular on my schedule. What I know I need to do for the online store during the weekend, I'll do that actually, is to buy some inventory because we're running out Mm. and I'm always postponing things because I have other things that I worry about. And then just with the client side of things, what I want to do is spend some time thinking about the situation that I am that I'm in right now. I don't, I haven't had a lot of thinking time for me and I would like to take some, just, I don't know, a glass of wine and me in a lounge chair outside and just thinking about things and get accustomed to this feeling of having a team and them doing the hands-on work and me doing the high level strategy work and just thinking about how that makes me feel and figuring out the direction that I want to go in with super spicy media. So that's, yeah, like it's more of a thinking stuff that I need to do next week, actually. You need your, you need your thinking Chardonnay. Okay. I've got it. Yes. 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 <laughs> there you go. Um, Very good. So have you thought about just on that same topic, not on the thinking Chardonnay topic, but on the, the whether you're going to like how, how you're going to continue with the business. Have you thought about talking to a business coach or someone about that? I never you, have, but I'd be interested to so hear what you think about it. That's a funny thing that you ask because I... Actually, it was yesterday that I started thinking about this and I approached to my husband and I was like, I introduced them to him to this thinking and how, how I feel about it. And he said the same exact thing. He said, did you ever think about just hiring a business coach? 
I was like, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea because I've never had one and maybe it is time. So to be honest, I am right now in the process of talking to a couple of people that have had business coaches and then just asking them, do you have a recommendation? Would you recommend one to me? What do you think about this? So yes, I do think that is on my to-do list just to ask around and see if it's a good fit, if that's something that I would benefit from at the moment and then just going through with it. Yeah. It's, I, I would love to hear more about what you find out there and, and if you yeah. afforded that, because I've played around with the idea. I think something in between kind of like business coaching slash I think you see it also called like CEO coaching not that I'm like I'm not the CEO of Sparkly right. but there's two of us basically who run things so it's that same kind of um yeah. like, thing that I would need right is like more around like the direction of stuff and just helping me work out what I should actually be doing and prioritizing right. and right but then you want someone who's been there before probably right. almost yeah. definitely and yeah. you want someone who has been recommended by someone you trust who's doing well, which again also limits it. I mean, exactly. that person is likely to be very expensive. Exactly. Yeah. But, and I, I would much rather pay a higher price for someone that's really good than going, for example, on Google searching for, I don't know, business coach for agencies and just hiring a random person. So I do want to get that personal recommendation. And luckily I do, I have a couple of connections and friends and colleagues that have worked with business coaches before. So hopefully they'll be able to give me some proper recommendations based on what I'm currently searching for. And hopefully I'll benefit from that. So I guess we'll see in the next couple of weeks, but like I said, it's funny that you ask because it's exactly, I never thought about it, but I started thinking about it yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I thought about it when, especially over the last month or two working with the, the content marketer we've been working with, mm -hmm. who is really great, but just not a good fit for us right now. And I felt like I definitely haven't been or wasn't able to get the best in term. That's not fair. So definitely to, how do I phrase this? I felt we could probably have used her talents better if I were better mm -hmm. at working out how to work with her, mm -hmm. I think is the, the right way to say it. It's not that mm -hmm. we didn't get the best of her. She was bringing her A game to the table. I was just picking around at the sides of it and not maybe letting her right. uh, kind of unfill her, her metaphorical yeah. business wings. And yeah. I think the benefit of having a business coach is just shortening the learning process because he or she they've been through it so mm. it's not about you figuring things out on your own it's rather him or her directing you um saying what this is what you're doing right now it would be better to focus on that stuff so yeah i i also think that i and now hearing about what you're going through we would probably both benefit from having one or at least trying this out Totally. And you know, I want someone who doesn't have skin in the game. So someone yeah. who I can, can really trust. Trust. Yeah. Them. But yeah. I think also a big part of it probably for me would just be if I have an hour every two weeks or every month where I'm forced to sit down and think about this kind of thing that I'm, yep. that I don't do at the moment. So. Yeah. Cause we, yeah, we don't do that. You're elbows deep in work. And I think we sometimes forget how important it is to, like you said, sit down and think about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better that, you know, you just tell me what you're looking forward to next week. Cause I, oh, yeah. I've talked about my, myself and everything that I'm looking forward to just thinking time. Now yeah, your turn. 
Yeah, no, next week, what are we doing? I, I like I said, I'm going to do a lot of sales of founders podcasting, which I'm actually really looking forward to getting back into thinking about that. I don't want the pressure on me, but just to, to have fun and talk about sales. It's something I've done a lot and I'm pretty good at and I'm really excited to do. And then... I'm really excited next week to finally push one of to push the new features that Manny and, and Drago have been working on so hard. Mm. I think the customers are really going to like those, which is good because we haven't pushed anything that's like obviously new and exciting for a while. So that's mm. great. And then otherwise, yeah, we've got some auth like a landing page specifically targeted at authors, which I want to put, to push live next week. Still a bit of work to do on that, but yeah, other than that, I I think that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, sounds sounds exciting talking about sales. <laughs> um, I like it. It's it's yeah, comfortable territory for me. I think it's like the if it were the other way around, I love to talk about Facebook ads, and people don't find that exciting. But well, yeah. I mean, they do. Like on your do like, they? If people buy your course. They watch your videos. They would. Yeah, they turn up. You had what three hundred and something people registered to watch your Facebook Facebook yeah. newsletters thing with us, which was great. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I think it's I think it's more the like the outcome of having having a Facebook advertising campaign that they're excited about, not necessarily doing Facebook ads and doing all the work. But yeah, <laughs> no. But I think I think people are interested in leveling up more, and that's what what I really like about sales for founders or about the podcast, which I, I had absolutely no idea at the time that was going to be a good fit and going to be. I think mm-hmm. that's why people still listen to it so much for how little work I put into it and how little <laughs> advertising of it I did or marketing. Yeah, yeah, and 100% agree, yeah. Hearing that someone else like them could do that and did it, then it really inspires yeah. them to go, oh yeah, I could do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. I will let you enjoy the rest of your Friday evening with your thinking Chardonnay. I'm going to go <laughs> and hit the beach. Thank you. Enjoy your workout. Say hi to um, the beach Seagulls. for me. <laughs> yes, awesome. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. This was The Sub Podcast. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Louis at LouisNichols underscore, and you can reach out to me, Moitza, at Moitza Mars. Not sure how either of those are spelled out? We get that a lot. Just check our show notes for more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to follow along and leave a review if you like our casual check-ins. Thank you for listening.